0: Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Welcome y'all to another episode of the Painted Arrow Podcast. We are we are here live. We're sitting in the front seat of a pickup truck. Devin and I are going to do a podcast on our lunch break here. And we're going to start off by talking about the moment series that we have previously talked about, which is what,
1: Devin? What's the moment series? So, yeah, um, on a previous podcast, we kind of teased it, <clears throat> but this fall, we are kind of replicating the stereotypical, you know, Midwestern hunter that has a day job and usually takes a week off, like the the, the typical rutcation. The guy mm-hmm. that has got saves up his vacation time, he takes five days off, and he gives himself you know, you got a weekend on both ends, so call it two days on each end plus the five in the middle. You're looking at nine days that he maybe gives himself to get it done, to get a buck killed. And so what we're doing is we're targeting that second week of November.
0: Which is the basically that Saturday will be a 5th, mm-hmm. and then that Sunday will be a 13th.
1: Yeah, and so we're going to spend time hunting... At Nate's place, Panadero Acres, we're going to spend time hunting at my place on the Crickwoods, and we are really just going to document each and every hunt. We're going to do podcast updates. We're going to do maybe some Facebook Live updates, and we're just going to document that process of you know maybe having a little pressure on yourself and knowing that leading up to that rutcation that you've scheduled, maybe you get out a handful of times, and after it you might get out a handful of times. But by and large, most of the hunting that you're going to do, is going to be that that second week in November and we recognize that that's the reality for a lot of people and so I think this is kind of a cool experiment or maybe um you know just a just a cool thing to try to do and just say hey you know we obviously are going to be hunting before and after those dates but we're going to document that week specifically with the intent to try to shoot one or a couple deer um good bucks mature bucks
0: you you did a really good job explaining that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited just listening I, to you.
1: I'm almost there. I can see my I can I can feel a crisp November morning right on the crick line. Oh, uh, why do they call it the Crickwoods, Dev? Well, so my ma th- this property used to be in my mom's pro- my mom my mom's family. And um how do you spell ma? Oh, M A. Just M A. Yeah. Not M A H. Just curious, some people from different places, and just wanted to clear the air there. Go yeah. ahead. So, this property used to be in her family, and and I don't I tell you the truth, I don't really know. I just know that coming off the backside of the ag, as you get down towards the creek, that that had grown up in some pretty mature timber, and since then, the a lot of the ag has grown up as well. hasn't been farmed in years, but anyway, my grandpa just has always known it as um, the Creek Woods. They used to walk down right to the edge of the creek, catch frogs and everything and just ever since I've been my grandpa took me hunting for the first time and I remember I remember specifically the night before he came over to pick me because c- so yeah so I grew up on 22 acres at the Crickwoods my parents place my grandpa was coming over to take me out hunting that first morning that I would ever go hunting when I was eight years old mm. and uh I just remember it being like hey I'll meet you over here at the Crickwoods in the morning we're gonna go out there you know the night before we went out and You know, put some buckets on the ground in the spot we were going to hunt. We went out and just made a makeshift blind. and I don't know. My grandpa's just always referred to it as the Crookwoods, and thus it has become the Crookwoods for me. It's where I killed my first deer. It's a little slice of heaven. It is my slice of heaven, yeah.
0: It's one of those properties that you walk it, and you can just picture, like, you can picture a 160 inch buck coming through like you just like it feels
1: deary being there it does and it's like you know i don't know how many people that are listening to this have a lot of experience hunting creek bottoms or river bottoms but the way i would explain it is you know during the summer a lot of it's really grown up and it might hold some deer throughout the summer right especially depending on what the surrounding ag is for that year but when the creek woods gets hot is is when like the, I think of the Crickwoods more as like a big travel corridor or a big expressway, and so as the rut gets here, the frequency of travel for bucks is increasing because they're searching and trying to find, you know, trying to find the honeys. So traffic picks up, and that's when things get really interesting in the Crickwoods. You, every year I've got you know <clears throat> a doe that maybe has couple fawns living with like th- there's always deer that are living there but historically i I don't have a lot of bucks that live there all summer but come the fall they're in there thick and they're in there frequently and they're it, they just pass right through there all, all daily yeah they're just searching through there it's this big river bottom and they just search through there for does
0: yeah i i always like to say to you like if you had to put all your chips into one I mean, all in. I mean, you're all in. I would spend a lot of time, literally posted up on the right winds on that crick. Yeah. And I mean, it's only a matter of time. I mean, it's like you said, it's like a highway. It's like five o'clock in California on whatever I seventy five or whatever highway that what is. Mm-hmm. I dude, it's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, they 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 frequent it come November and.
0: And you recently saw a pretty awesome bed out there, right? Tell tell us kind of like real quick about what you did out there on the. In yeah, terms of cameras
1: I should have posted a lot of this to the story, but i I didn't maybe I'll post that after this but um yeah i I had some I had a couple cameras that I left soaking um, as we came out of winter, like freshened some batteries, but just left two cameras out there in specific locations and pulled the other ones to bring them in and freshen them up and so I had two cameras that were out there soaking and went basically this past weekend out to pull those cards put new cards in those two and then hang i think four other cameras and um i i mean i had stayed out i've stayed out of there since march right so here we are in june you know things have grown up tremendously the grass throughout this bottom is significantly taller than than me i mean it's probably seven eight foot tall grass through this bottom and stuff that in the fall it stays consistently wet right now in the heat of the summer is just bone dry and the grass is really tall. And so these deer are out in this bottom and I found several good beds where they're just bedding in that right now. And it makes sense, like I said, because it's typically all that's underwater and throughout the summer it's dry and really tall grass and very, very secluded right off the backside of side very of very secluded. I mean, it's right off the backside of a bunch of beans that are literally coming in right now. So it makes sense to me. I I would imagine I will see, and I'm not planning to go out there, but I imagine a lot of other deer will start calling that area home as we continue through the summer. Yeah, as the beans continue to come in. So yeah, I, I historically I've always had really good luck with bean years. Um, but back wh- to that there's
0: camera there's, that's that's your first cell camera, correct?
1: Yeah, hung my first cell camera. Um, I haven't uh, haven't messed around with them before, and Basically, um, my wife got me one for Father's Day. God bless her, you know. And I, uh, like I said, or like you said, the crick line is where the money's going to be made. Like, that's where the big bucks are traveling consistently. Like, they hold the crick line very, very tight. I think we've talked about it in other podcasts, but when a deer can travel right next to a river or a crick or a body of water, um... In their, in their eyes or in their mind, they're, they're safe. It's just safer, side. right? Like yeah. they, they don't pay as much mind to that side and they're really only having to focus on danger from one side. So they hug the crick line a lot for travel. <clears throat> that was proved by one of the cameras that I had left out there since winter. I pulled that card and there were some bucks, you know, coming through there. So I hung the cell cam in a spot that I not only have never put a camera, but I've never hunted, uh, for anybody who's been following us or listening, uh, the 22 acres that I grew up hunting last year, just before season, well, I guess it, well late late August last year, I bought the adjacent 11 acres, and there was already a couple stands up. But it was I bought it by the time I closed and was working on the house, I did not spend any time doing anything on the new 11 acre parcel as it pertained to hunting. Like I think you and I ran out there and hung one stand. At a different spot was like yeah that was it so this adjacent parcel's really for the most part undiscovered and so i worked that crick line farther towards the new parcel that i do own now and uh f- found some really cool spots some good sign and put, basically put the cell cam back there because i don't plan to go back there at all unless it's the perfect wind for a hunt so i decided to just put the cell cam up back there let it soak all summer and uh see what it tells us i have a hunch that maybe i'll get some good pictures on that through the summer but even if i don't it's not going to concern me well and you got pictures <coughs>
0: what do you mean pictures you sent me yes
1: yeah, so that was on the cell cam though
0: but it's the same similar
1: location yeah similar location but um I, all that to say you know even if i don't have a bunch of giant bucks on this cell cam throughout the yeah. summer that's not going to worry me because i know historically The bucks gravitate towards that bottom and that traffic picks up as we get into the fall. Yeah. I just think there may be more bucks in there this summer because of how much ag is planted in beans this year surrounding me.
0: Yeah. That's why they call it the Crickwoods. Mm -hmm.
1: It's sweet. It's this long, it's a long, like, belt of woods. So that is on both sides of this main creek that runs on the backside of a big block of uh, ag. And as we get closer to this moment series,
0: we're going to have a lot better <laughs> ideas. as time goes on, like the targets, right? <coughs> like this is the, I mean, we're months away, but, I mean, we, we've we had cameras out since May, yeah. you know. We've met a lot of guys that don't even start hanging cameras till August. I mean, this is for us, this is like we're, we're boiling it down to this one week, right, Mm-hmm. we're going to be out that week um and we we want to give you guys like all of the uh juicy details kind of behind the scenes of like wh- like what we know going into that week so to even spice things up so the crick bottom, mm-hmm. right? The crick woods. I mean, this deer that we've talked about Bane. we mm-hmm. We've kind of both agreed that he's using that that crick. Oh yeah. Um and that's kind of why he ended up on your neck of the woods. Yeah, he wasn't,
1: he wasn't, he was not living anywhere near me. And I don't I still don't think he is. Yeah. But come the rut, he traveled down that expressway and that highway and he was looking. And I happened to be in the stand when he was, so. And what you're not sharing is that you're, you're kind of, you're looking forward to having an opportunity to that deer. I really am. Yeah. I, so like I was saying with ag, I have better luck when all of the stuff to the west of me is beans. And I you know, the way that I rationalize it is when the like I mean it's it's hundreds and hundreds of acres. When all of that's in corn, it provides them food throughout the winter.
0: They lock um, up in there, yeah. But
1: it also provides them cover. When it's beans, they are required to either come from farther to get to the beans or use my property and the surrounding property around me as bedding. And so it might not be first choice, but if they want to hold up close to the beans, they kind of make do. Yeah. And so I've previously been more focused on food, 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 food plots, giving them something to stop them when they're coming through my property before they go to the ag. Lately I've kind of been changing my my mind a little bit and focusing a little more on betting. Because Jeff's Jeff Sturgis talks a lot about it too. He's like when somebody asks me what I what they should do on your or yeah, what they should do on their property, he's like, my first question is always, you know, I don't know, what's, what's around you? You need to offer the deer something on your property that's not being offered from the surrounding properties. And so if I've got hundreds and hundreds of acres of beans, <coughs> you know, next to me, giving this year in particular, giving the deer a close option to bed that feels safe, that's probably going to have a better benefit to my hunting than having a little brassica food plot. Mm-hmm. So the specific food plot I'm talking about, I'm cutting in half in terms of the size from last year to this year. And I'm going to leave the rest of it in tall grass for bedding. Yeah. You see, it's an experiment. But I've also added corn, which we've talked about previously. Right.
0: We did did a really good podcast on corn if you want to check that out. I can't remember which episode it was, but it was less than five episodes ago. Mm -hmm. 79, 78. Yeah. Um, well, and, and even outside of Bane, I mean, I've got three or four other deer. And ba- So real quick, though, on Bane, I, I don't want to skip over this deer. Mm-hmm. This is a type of deer, like in the state of Michigan, this is the type of deer to lose sleep over.
1: This is by far the biggest buck I've ever had an opportunity at or, um, yeah, I mean. And you know that multiple people know about them. <coughs> I do. Um, yeah. It's if, if It would be a... It, <laughs> I mean be, being honest, being very blunt and honest, like it feels weird being this transparent about it, but again, you know we're here to provide content as well as you know learning opportunities, and so well if if somebody shows up in the Crickwoods too, like we're gonna yeah, I mean that's got a problem there's everywhere it's <laughs> not like that's not gonna happen, yeah, yeah, so don't do that, but um but yeah, it's just it's really interesting, it's yeah. really interesting to i I'm really hoping. I mean, even if I don't see that deer this year, if I could get a picture of him and positively identify, like, hey, that's that deer from last year, that's a big win for me. Yeah. I have not, like, yeah. I have not had a lot of experience seeing a deer one year, finding him again the the next year, and having multiple years of data on a deer. That's just not something I've done.
0: I feel that it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm overstepping my, my reach here, but I feel like it's very unlikely that that deer, like, for, I mean, for that for that to happen for you to harvest that deer i mean things would the stars would have to align
1: perfectly i mean there's no question about that perfectly um it's a rut thing or not nah. <laughs> it's a rut thing or not nah, and i also think you know with as few things that are working in my favor for killing that deer i have to be excellent yeah in terms of when i hunt what spots yeah If it's not the right time to go hunt that spot, even if I think there's a chance that deer's coming through there, if, if I can't get in there without being detected, or once I am in there, if he's going to come from a direction where I think maybe the wind's going to swirl, like I can't, there's times to be really, really aggressive. And maybe as the season goes on, I'll change my mind on this, but I'm not going to have more than one opportunity. I may not even have an opportunity because he's not living close to me. Mm -hmm. So In my mind, I've got to be excellent. Yeah. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying I'm not going to try because I, believe me, I'm going to try, but I have to be excellent in my approach or it's not going to happen.
0: I, I think that if you see him, it's going to be a late November thing. Last couple of deer and, you know, an estrus after some just last chance, Hail Marys, and he's out traveling further than he wants to be. I don't think you're going to see him
1: in early October or late October Maybe I'm wrong. I have a, the only thing that I could, that I could think that would throw a wrench in your plan that you're saying there, which I, to an extent I agree with, is there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of beans that were corn last year. Yeah. So he may be living tighter to me this year because of where the food's at all summer. Could be. And if, if that does, then that changes everything because then I'm trying to figure out how to kill him early season versus late season. Yeah and then you're not relying on some erratic travel pattern when he's coming through just trying to find a hot doe. Now you're <coughs> relying on potentially some sort of pattern that he's developed throughout the summer. But I have no history with this deer. I mean, I've seen it, I have a couple photos of him and I've I had one really, really close encounter with him in person. That's it. I know nothing else about that deer.
0: Onyx is the number one GPS hunting app on the market. If you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time. It also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game. Literally. It's a no-brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device to onxmaps.com and use the promo code Arrow, you will receive 20% off your Elite or Premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onex. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. GoHunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. GoHunt offers a subscription service called the Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. Before I started using go Hunt, I would spend hours filing through kill harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in, and using the Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider Subscription Service. Shoe Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code Arrow 5 at the checkout and receive 5% off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to ShoePacks today.
1: So, can I give an update on my place now? Yeah, please do. Tell us about the painted arrow acres i mean you're you're in an even uh more interesting spot than i am and i'll tell you why i'd love
0: i'd love to hear what you you come up with (laughs) here
1: you bought a farm had the crazy story with the holy spirit ended up killing the deer the whole thing right Mm -hmm. but at the end of it all you have one season of experience hunting that farm Mm -hmm. one and like the variables being surrounding ag all these other things like You don't even have data to overlay, like, season of season. Yeah. So, in a lot of ways, this this is your first time hunting the farm this, you know, this This way. Yeah. Right? Like, everything that was corn is now beans or vice versa. Like, you've never hunted the farm this way, so this is another first. Yeah. And you had a weird, like, the way everything shook out last year was unprecedented in, in my mind. And so, like, you almost just throw that out as an outlier, and it's, it's starting over again year one.
0: I really do view it as that in many ways, but it's interesting what you say because your property, we, I love talking about your property, don't get me wrong, but, like, yeah. beans are obviously good. Mm-hmm. We talk about the crop rotation. What's interesting when you look at my place, even from an aerial view, aerial view the one thing that is consistent is my property. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, it's consistent. It's CRP. It's so, beans, corn, corn, beans. The th- the one thing that's remaining consistent in all that is, like, it's very predictable. They're obviously going to use it in different ways, but at the same time, it's,
1: it's, predict- it's predictable for them. So, I liken it, to, like, so, I think they're still going to use, uh, I think their travel patterns through your property are going to change like crazy, <laughs> but it's still there, and it's centrally located, and they're still going to use it. Just how they use it's going to be different, I think. So,
0: the, like, last year tons of i mean it's it's a it's a fawning location for sure mm-hmm. i've seen a ton of fawns i mean the the crp grass is just great for it yeah fawning locations tree edges i mean it's just so it's so there's so much crp that i, I mean i've been seeing tons of fawns like living in it mm-hmm. um i haven't seen so like last year just looking at a specific location like there's an amazing like social scrape area it's amazing in in October it, I mean end of September really it lights up. I mean just tons of deer going through this area and the way it lines up, it's just where the feed is, where where the bedding is and just the location of this. It's so secluded. And it's it's just there's some terrain to it. The the deer feel safe in there and I get the same doe and fawn on camera on this social scrape every day. All throughout the day, not just in the evening and the morning, but like all throughout the day I get these this doe and fawn and fawn like all the time. And last year at this time, I was getting sledgehammers on on photo. Just big
1: old bucks, I big mean. Big velvet bucks. Big ones. Multiple big ones. Yeah. 3 or 4 big ones. Important to note of which some you never saw during the season. Um no, I saw all of them. I saw all of them. Curly? Curly's
0: yeah, I guess he's one him. exception. He's one exception, but he was a hammer. 2.0. Um I call it 2.0 yeah, he, he's a two-year-old deer. Okay, so it's just kind of a dual 2.0 is a dual meaning for a name. But he's a two-year-old deer. Last year, when I first saw him, and he he's wide as a truck for being a two-year-old deer. So as a three-year-old, I think you know he kind of so looks like the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, yeah. He he he's got some similar characteristics, right? <laughs> like right. But super super young snout, like his body, he's just not filled out. Like he's a two-year-old deer. It's mm-hmm. it's it's incredible how wide he is for his age. But um so i saw him i could have killed him a bunch of times last year could have mm-hmm. killed him a bunch of times i could have stalked him on i was hunting one time and he was tending the doe right in the middle of the day and it's like bright white rack standing out like a sore thumb in the crp <laughs> and i could have just got right down from my tree stand and stalked him in the crp it would have been awesome mm-hmm. thought about it a lot um i came up to him within 20 yards two different times one time i was coming back from a sit late morning probably 11 o'clock late in october and I got within twenty yards of him and three other does and a, another buck, and jumped him up just walking. Right. Um, one time, going out to hunt, right in the middle of the rut, I was coming out in midday about noon, and he literally—I hear bat, bat, bat—and I get down on one knee and I get my bow and everything ready and just coming sprinting the other way, like coming right by me, sprinting right at me, two point comes within a handful of yards. He's calling that place home. So. I haven't seen him this year, though, so I'm a little worried about that. And I'm hoping that's a big thing for me. I'm hoping that I can identify him. I did one card pull so far and have not seen that buck.
1: Do you remember, though, last summer, you were having good luck seeing him early in the summer. As the summer went on, we had a really dry summer. And a lot of those deer that you were getting used to seeing were holding up Crossed, across yeah. on the neighbors close to that that drainage ditch where the water was
0: yeah they're just holding up near water
1: i would say we we're already are already at a really really dry summer yeah it's june right like it's, so it's
0: been a, we've had 12 days plus of straight sun yeah
1: so i think as as uh as the fall gets closer and rain maybe starts to come a little more frequently i think you could see them retreating back in there because it's a sanctuary yeah it is a sanctuary property um that previously Holy Spirit was running the roost, calling that place home. He was kicking, kick, he was bullying manager. people out of there. Yeah. So I think, I think you've also got some of that too, where maybe a super mature buck just hasn't really discovered it and decided he could call it home and 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 you know bully other out of it, bully bully others out of there yet. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think that there's a likelihood of that that a, a big boy's going to come through, kind of discover it, and he's like I, I run this place now and and lock it down. So there's Maybe. there's there's
0: four deer I wanted to touch on really quick just yeah. to, because I think I want to get my thoughts now because this podcast is a tool for me as well to kind of, like, look back on. So yeah. 2.0. 2.0, really looking forward to, like, just getting a glimpse of him, seeing what he's going to be. He's going to be a sweet three-year-old. if he's, I'd love to see him go to four. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. But I don't know I mean anything he could about blow. him. He could blow. Could blow up. So that's number one. Number two is this buck we call Curly. Yeah. Got a couple pictures of him in velvet beautiful beautiful buck he i was mean probably what you think three last year he was 140 inch type deer just a beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. 10 by uh sorry five, five by five. five yeah got him um late closer to season on a different trail camera um kind of moving away different spot of the property hadn't seen him ever since still haven't seen him since that was yeah. w- almost a year ago now so um, that'd be i mean if, if if he comes around i have no idea yeah, like he that's coulda, a shooter he coulda, deer he like could have gotten
1: shot early season you'd never know never
0: known yeah but it's it's a that's a type of shoot, shooter buck yeah i mean 100 percent a shooter deer yeah he was last year he's definitely be- this year yeah yeah so that's number two number three is actually a buck that i missed last year the heavy eight the heavy eight we'll call him i guess i mean <laughs> he was heavy he was beautiful deer missed beautiful him at 30 deer. yards missed him twice actually i don't think i ever shared that story because i was pretty maybe we did I, I think we might have. I don't remember. but Saw him in velvet, and I never saw him again until that day where I missed him at 30, 35 yards. Uh, I can't remember the day of it. It was November, November 8, maybe.
1: Just a sweet deer. Yeah, I mean. Just a, like your classic 8-point, but just good mass carried from, from his bases all the way out through his his beams. I mean, he had really good mass. So
0: it, I mean, I definitely didn't even touch him, so he's, he's alive uh, yeah. unless he got shot in gun season or late late muzzleloader or something but that's number three and then number four is a buck that just came out of nowhere at the end of the season actually after season after season yeah like far, uh farch february and march mm-hmm. we'll call it farch <laughs> um farch but like this tall tight but like long if that makes sense north to south if you're like in the position of the deer mm-hmm. like just a beautiful buck um probably a three-year-old deer last year this year I think I got him on camera. I think I did. Um, if
1: that's him, he's going freaky. Yeah,
0: he's he's, he's tall. I got a, I got a velvet picture. But, I mean, picture. he's got
1: some stuff popping out of different places. So that, like, I think yeah. he might have, like, two or three brow, t- brow tines on one side or something. Like, he's got something going on.
0: Like, his pedicles and his purlings, like, yeah. you can see the junk he's underneath got the velvet. Gnarly. Yeah. You, you can see he's, like, a mature deer now. And he's just, like, whatever happens north of what he's got now, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. But, like, okay, so all this to say, like, I'm not getting, like, these deer aren't living. Th- these deer are not living on my my acres. They're right. not. They're right. just not. So I'm learning a lot by the intel. I'm Like, I think Devin said it. We're planning on, we're going to kind of be on the same program in terms of, like, checking trail cameras this year. We're going to try and, like, do.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we're
0: going to try and just, like, maybe do two or three, like, polls. All summer. Make sure the batteries are top-notch when we go in there, you know, pull the cards, make sure everything's, like, top-notch, but, like, just eliminate a lot of entry. Minimal intrusion, yeah. So uh, I think that we've both kind of, you know, especially in the state we live in, mature bucks, whitetails, they like seclusion, right? Just not going
1: in there. So we're going to, like, really try and do that. And on that note, you've got all your sets rocking. Like you're lock you're locked and ready to rock. I need I, to, I need to trim a lot of them though. I know. But I've got I've got a blind I need to move. I've got two stands three stands that I have to fix we do that, that, that I want to tweak a little bit and I have two new sets to hang. That's five. We need to do that very soon. We gotta do that immediately. Like So, so that that one's on <laughs> the agenda list. Get that knocked out and then like Nate said, we're staying out. We might go in two more times after that all summer one of which will be with a tractor to plant fall food plots yeah so we'll probably time our card pull so like for me anyway i'm taking the tractor in to plant a food plot anyway i will use that opportunity to then go pull those cards so that'll be my you know my whatever early august yeah yeah probably early second week of august pull um and then literally i plan on pulling in july one in august and one in september
0: Dude, September is going to make me, <sighs> last year the Holy Spirit started literally showing up towards the second half of
1: September, and I'm I'm jacked. So when do you pull? Do you want to pull early September, mid-September, or end I of September? I think we got to pull twice in September. Beginning of September and end of September. Third week of September, right before the season. Hmm. That's what I think. We'll have to think on that a little bit. I might skip the first week of September then maybe once, maybe twice. Like I'm, if if I pull second or third week of August, I might wait till the end of September to pull. That's probably what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull at the end of July, end of August, end of September. Okay. I'll be
0: on that program then. Um and then I guess you kind of said it too, but we both are going to be. I'm going to be planting a small micro plot. Actually, it's not quite true. It's going to be more of a food plot and a micro plot um on my place. So Where? Well, right by the corn that I already planted. Oh, there. That's going to be like a, f- I'll call that a food plot because okay. it's a little bit more than a micro plot. Yeah, that's like, that's a little bigger than just a kill plot. And then, but in the back, I'm going to do like a little, little spot. I you mean are? Like, yeah, about the size of two trucks where, or something. Where
1: specifically on there? Remind me. Uh, on, the, on the back 40? Yeah, or, okay, on the back. Or, okay, not down in the. No.
0: Okay. Right in the corner. Got it. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. So this, that's going to change some things, you know, like that's, that's going to change some things up big time. Um. I'm a big I'm a big believer in cutting paths, like taking a tractor in there maybe once every other month in the summer, just to knock down the grass and have a path. Because, I mean, as soon as the season comes and you're walking through grass like waist high, that's loud. Yeah. So I know there's intrusion, but if as long as you're in some type of a vehicle or whatever, that I think that helps mm-hmm. personally. So that's how I that's how I get by that in my mind. But that, that's yeah, my
1: update. They don't seem to mind the tractor and stuff too much. No. It's, I
0: just, ah, man. There's just so much in the air, man. There's definitely like I feel like there's a lot of potential. Like you, you're hunting like in terms of acreage. It's about half the acreage that I'm hunting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you, you know, I mean, this is a property that you've you've gotten to hunt for a long time. Well, and like
1: I hunted the twenty-two growing up, just added eleven, and then have permission from a neighbor as well. Yep. So it's about double from what I grew up hunting. Right. So that's about forty-four. It ends up being about 44 acres that I have permission on and or own. Mm -hmm. And it's a full block. And yours is just shy of uh, 70. So, yeah. It's just there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. Yeah. And there's very
0: limited places in terms of, like, places where you can put sets. I do have a lot. I mean, I have, like, nine sets. You've got a lot
1: of options. And and, and you're a saddle hunter. So if, if it gets down to it and you're... You're seeing like man, I'm in this sit, I'm slightly off of where I need to be for where they're coming through. You could make an offensive play and and get over to to the tree you needed to be to without moving a permanent set, yeah,
0: so we'll see man i i'm just I'm so giddy about it, I mean me too, just to see what happens. I don't even like a good day in the woods, man doesn't even have to result in a kill like just going out there and seeing a bunch of deer moving like what get what's I can't think of much better, yeah. Seen a couple two-year-olds and, a, I mean, a bunch of does. Like, that's life, man. It really is. Like, <laughs> we're so close to it. Yeah. Um, And we're going to film that whole process on the MagPro. All the Moment the series. The Moment series, yeah. So, man, if, if you, you don't know what a MagPro <laughs> is gonna by say, now, like, you If you lost. don't know what the
1: MagPro is, we're not even going to. I'm not even going to pitch you on it right now. Just go to panderooutdoors.com.
0: Get you one of them.
1: Yep. You need one. You do. You need one. It's going to help you recover more game. And then once you're done with that, you'll get to relive the hunt. Yeah.
0: Um, we, we've had a lot of requests for dealers. I'm just going to do a quick plug yeah. on some of our products. If you go to our website and you scroll down to the bottom, you can you can request to be a dealer and provide some information and in who you are, where you're at, and if it's a if it's a good fit, we'd we'd love to talk to you. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that one?
1: Um, I guess the other thing I would say is if you're looking at buying a Mag Pro personally, go look at our YouTube channel. We have a lot of resources on there in terms of uh, you know setup, because basically what it comes down to in terms of video quality is your setup. Yeah. Um, we obviously don't have, or you know, we don't own one of every single type bow. We don't have everybody's cell phone, so there's there's some variables that we can't control. But we walk through a lot of different things in those videos on how to set it up properly. So
0: yep, and we are were, we're really good at customer service. If you guys have questions about your specific setup, we've walked through tons of different people's setup to help them get clear video quality. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're after. That's what you're after. Um, do that. And uh let's see. This is gonna this is gonna be live on the fourth of July. So happy Fourth of July. Yeah. Happy Fourth of July. I, I think that there's a stat out there that more people get drunk on the fourth than they do any other day of the year. You think that's true?
1: I'd believe it. I mean I really would. If you it's, told me yeah. that was the truth, I'd say <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or it's New Year's, right? Hey, and on that note, we are made in America.
0: Amen. God bless. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scene, and I always I always think about this scene on the 4th of July in the movie, The Sandlot, uh-huh. where the fireworks are going off, and the catcher, he's sitting there with a the hot dog. You know what I'm saying? And they're all yeah. going out to the field to play, and they're like this trance of a moment where it's just like this song is happening and all these fireworks, and like they're just – it's like that's the vibe that I'm after this 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Just like, God, just take me
1: – to a place where I'm I'm vibing. I will be salmon fishing mm. on Lake Michigan the mm. morning of the fourth of July. I'm gonna be doing some spear fishing in, in Lake Michigan. Pure Michigan.
0: Pure Michigan. <laughs> All right, uh Dev, we're at about thirty five minutes here. Um any any closing thoughts here?
1: No, I don't think so. Just uh enjoy your Fourth of July and if you don't know what a mag Pro is and you want to know, give us a shout or go check it out on paintedarrowoutdoors.com. dot com.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll follow up by saying we really appreciate. Um, we we've had a lot of great strides forward.
1: Yeah, as in a the company. Last,
0: yeah, as a company um, in the last couple of months here, and man, I'm I just feel real appreciative of all the uh, the people who have bought our product yeah me too and have given us a chance and i think that we're getting a lot of really amazing feedback about wow hey great product um i mean we have people from australia canada hawaii all of the united states i mean people from all around the world that are Mm -hmm. now using and carrying and and basically giving us a shot you know getting giving our product a go and it's it's amazing yeah
1: um we don't take it lightly that's for sure
0: no not at all so I just wanted to say th- thank you. I feel thankful yeah, for that. Well, that's
1: that's overdue for sure. So,
0: alrighty guys, thanks for listening along, and uh, stay wi- stay with us on this this moment series because it's going to be epic this fall. It's going to be amazing, um, and all the updates. So don't miss them, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you. See you.